Well, from a brand management standpoint, that is uh, two words that, that I probably say more than anything. It's intentionality and consistency. And so when you're when you're managing a brand, I think those two things drive drive everything. Welcome to the Ministry at Scale podcast. I'm your host, Chad Williams. Join us as we discuss trends, learn from experts, and share practical tips to help your ministry multiply its digital impact. Welcome to the Ministry at Scale podcast. I'm your host, Chad Williams. And today, I'm excited to introduce to you Dave Wright. Dave serves at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, and he's the Vice President of Communications and Brand Strategy. And um, Dave, welcome. Welcome to the show today. We're glad you joined us. Hey, Chad. Thanks so much for, uh, for the invitation and glad, glad to be here. So, so I love Dave's work. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, I was introduced to it a couple years ago, whether it's an ad in World Magazine or visiting the Midwestern Seminary and website, or, or even branding on portable coffee mugs. In fact, I've got one sitting on my desk right over there. Uh, your, your, your brand design is always consistent, it's creative, and it's always done with excellence. So can you just walk us through just your overall work experience and how you got to be involved with branding and communication and ministry and seminary and just, just yeah, what, what, what are your life experiences that brought you to the point where you're at today? Absolutely. It is an interesting journey and I'll try to keep it, keep it brief. Um, when I was 16, the Lord called me into, into vocational ministry. So I kind of grew up in a Christian home. My dad was, uh, he kind of entered the ministry later in life, had a business, sold it, uh, felt the Lord calling him into vocational ministry. And through his, through his story, the Lord was really kind of speaking to me and kind of was calling me out into, into the ministry. So when I was 16, kind of, uh, followed that call and, um, Played basketball in high school, was able to play uh, college in a small college uh, in, in Tennessee. And my undergrad degree is actually in student ministry and did student ministry for about 10 years. Um, and when I started seminary, I was working full time in a church and going part time uh, at an extension center in Birmingham, Alabama. And it was taking forever and uh, just taking a class here and there when I, whenever I could. Uh, in the in that time, uh, met my wife, married my wife, and I'm like, I, I just need to go to seminary. I just need to to, to finish it and kind of get it over with, uh, and get done with it. So, um, in that in that time period when I, I got married, the Lord was really kind of bringing um, resurfacing some different skill sets of mine and passions of mine that I've had since I was a little kid in the creative area. Uh, just building things, creating things have just always kind of been kind of natural for me, but had never even dreamed about it being any type of vocational thing. Not, not even sure that I knew that anything like that existed. Um, but in student ministry, um, I, I was always tasked with like creating and, and building logos and the church newsletter and PowerPoint slides and always loved doing that and just really kind of enjoyed kind of jumping in, learning more, um, building websites for, uh, for churches I served in. And so just kind of jumped in that way. And through that, the Lord was kind of bringing to the surface some of these skill sets and interests of mine. 
And so in the transition from one seminary to the other, we, we um, moved to Fort Worth, Texas, and I went to Southwestern uh, Seminary there. Uh, my intention was to be a full-time student and to just kind of finish and kind of find a ministry setting somehow, some way. And, uh, but I, I got a job in their communications office as a graphic designer. Didn't know that that was even possible. They said yes. They invited me. And it just really grew and, and, and my love for, for this field, this area of creativity and communication. And then in that office, um, and, and, and whole, I was there for about 10 years and served in various uh, positions, mostly was their creative director for probably five or six years. In the last year or two, I was uh, the director of communication. And, uh, and Lord just kind of kept opening the doors of opportunity. And then, um, this opportunity at Midwestern Seminary doing the same thing kind of opened up uh, about six years ago and uh, the Lord led us up here and have been doing this and, and enjoy it and and so it's just been fun to see the Lord kind of grow in me this uh, this this passion the skill set for for creativity the arts communications uh, design and then it's kind of wrapped around in the whole idea of, of brand management and brand strategy it's just really it's fun for me. That's great. And I, I love what, what you shared. Like, did you say your undergraduate was in student ministry? Yes. Then you went to seminary, which on, on the surface, it looks like those have nothing to do with communications or graphic design mm -hmm. or technology, building websites. And yet, and yet God led you down that path really to prepare you to be able to, to do what you're doing in a full-time, full-time work now. And I, I think so often we we have kids like so often when a kid is graduating from high school, they feel like they have to be forced into, hey, what am I going to be doing? And they think that's what they're going to be doing the rest of their life. But God can really take us and shape us and uh, use the experiences, even playing basketball to be able to uh, right. um, to be able to shape them for what he has you in the future. Right. And, and a funny part of that story story as well even though, as I said, I kind of felt the call to, to ministry at 16. I knew that seminary was going to be in, in my path. So my dad, who was a mentor, this discipler of mine, my youth pastor, my pastor all said, when you get into college, you need to have like a business degree or something mm -hmm. like that. So the funny part is I, I went into college pursuing a business marketing degree. Okay. And so when I began taking, taking classes, I had uh, an economics class and an accounting class that just blew my mind. <laughs> I said, I need out. I need out of it. And uh, so I knew that student ministry was kind of what, what I thought was, you know, the direction of my life. So I entered into the, to the student ministry uh, program there. But it's so funny how God works. That was where I started. And, and now it's just kind of funny that that's, that's actually what I'm, what I'm doing. So came back to, yep. yeah, without the accounting yep. part of it. Uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> so, so as you've grown your design and communication skill set over the years, what are some of the um, influencers that have influenced you in your in your work and your thinking, and to just to be a better a better designer, a better communicator? Uh, well, I'm I'm always you know seeking for inspiration just from a creative standpoint, and so there's I mean there's a long list of of folks that I've that I enjoy, that I follow, that have kind of shaped my uh, my style, if you will, or my understanding of 
brand management, particularly in uh, you know in the in the the ministry realm uh, or the church setting. <clears throat> Um, I'll have to I'll have to say uh, to to begin with because as I said when I started in the office of communications at Southwestern and really you know kind of doing graphic design kind of on my own kind of learning on my own not really knowing anything about it the creative director at the time at Southwestern uh, her name is Kristen Campbell she probably had the most influence at that mm -hmm. time that really shaped what I understood about design, uh, how it fit into um, uh, the idea of, of brand, which was pretty new to me, even though, I mean, we're surrounded by, you know, branding all, all of the time, but how, how does that, how does that work, making sense of that, and then especially within a, a Christian organization. So I'll have to kind of start with, with her as far as kind of shaping my understanding of, of creativity and design in, in the area of, of, of brand, brand management. Uh, so she, she would be kind of an, an initial influence in, in that area. You, you, you know, the, uh, you bring that up. I, I remember for myself, which I kind of grew up on the more technology side, but again, it was a technology and entrepreneur, but there was a technologist who was an entrepreneur that I worked with for, for like two years for free. And everything that I learned from him, just as far as mentoring, and uh, sometimes we, we like to hold up these big names like Don Miller of the Story Brand or, or whatever, and realize that, you know, um, the people who are working with, who are rubbing shoulders with on a daily basis, sometimes those, those are the ones that can have the biggest influence mm -hmm. on us. And flip side, now in your role and me and my role, we're having influence on those that we're interacting with as well, even though... Uh, um, I tell my kids, you never know when you're making a memory and, uh, right. Uh, that's, that's good. Right. And I, and I certainly hope, I certainly hope that that's, that that's the case. Um, yeah. So as I, as I think of that, there, there are a, a ton of folks that, you know, as you know, Donald Miller and, um, you know, some folks that people may not recognize the name, but, you know, Shane Thacker was an influence in, in my design. So there's a lot of, a lot of folks, but it kind of comes back when I think about it to, uh, to Kristen and just helping me understand what, um, just the basics of graphic design and, and branding and what that meant and how you can, uh, kind of shape and use that for, you know, expanding the kingdom and whatever, you know, area that, that you're in. So super fundamentally uh, helpful for me. Oh, that's, that's good as you're managing the brand for an organization like Midwestern and Spurgeon College, uh, how do you bring consistency between what you're doing in the offline world and what your online initiatives are? How do you work to bring consistency there? Well, from a brand management standpoint, that is uh, the Two words that, that I probably say more than anything, it's intentionality and consistency. And so when you're when you're managing a brand, I think those two things drive drive everything. Uh, well, not everything, but they they're very critical. I mean, you have to understand your, your vision, who you are, where you're headed, those sorts of things. But when it comes to managing it and wrapping it across any channel or medium that you're in, uh, from online sector to print or, or whatever, 
uh, you have to be in, intentional in what you're what you're doing. And I think you have to be, you know, consistent. And and it's not just a, a word that, that we use. I mean, you have to put it into into practice. So I mean, there are helpful tools that we have. So brand guides, um, you know, having a team that that understands um, brand management and under understanding how uh, it affects uh, how people perceive that. And so if you have inconsistent uh, visuals that are out in in the marketplace or out in the world and your advertising or your view books as far as you know an educational institution if it's inconsistent people just they don't know who you are it, it causes more confusion and so you have to start with just being intentional in what you're trying to accomplish and how you design things in whatever medium or channel uh, and then you just set forth just to, to be consistent. And so you use your, your brand guides, you know, to kind of keep, keep things intact. And even that through the years, the guidelines that you use will, will grow and develop and you will, you will change and shift a little bit as far as, you know, style for a particular season or time. Uh, but even when you do that, you, you have to step back and, and understand and kind of see how, what changes you're making or what you're trying to accomplish, just how can you get every channel that you're kind of speaking through, how can you get them all rowing in the same direction, not just in message, but also in visual impact. So, so we have a lot of like smaller ministries that are listening to this podcast and some of them may have never created a brand guide or a style guide, brand style guide or, <laughs> How would you recommend for an organization going about starting to build their first brand guide? What are some of the elements that you include in yours? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, it all starts with your visual identity, okay? So um, building, if you have, you know, a, a package of logos, a single logo, and like in, in our setting, we have we have some sub-brands that we have, but it starts with kind of your main primary logo that, that would be part of, of who you are. And you build this uh, visual identity system. And so it starts with the logo and different versions of your logo as far as orientations, how you can use it in different sizes and settings. And, uh, and so it kind of starts from there. And then uh, you include um, your um, brand colors so that, so that they're consistent. And with colors, they translate in various ways, whether it's on a screen or in print. And so you need to define what those um, numbers and what that information is for, for all those different mediums. So you include information about your, your color palette. And even secondarily, what, what are some um, um, you know, secondary color palettes that, that can be included in in your, your branding, your visuals. So you have your, your main colors, but what are some secondary colors that are acceptable and are kind of on brand, if you will. And so uh, logo, colors, and then topography. And so you will select kind of a, a primary uh, font, if you will, or a typeface, a secondary typeface. And then you kind of wrap all of your, your visuals um, you know, utilizing those those fonts just for uh, consistency sake. And so that's included. We just know here are the fonts that we use. Uh, we also include um, uh, al alternate fonts. So some of the fonts that we use for brand, you, you have to you purchase and, and can be very expensive. And for the most part, they're licensed to 
a number of devices in, in your office. So when you're, you know, letting folks use your brand guides or the assets that you make available, you know, they may not have your chosen font. So you can either, you know, pass it on to them, let them use that or offer alternative fonts that they may be able to find free. So we do include a section that has some acceptable alternative fonts that, that folks can, can use, particularly internally uh, on campus if, if different departments in different areas want to use that. Uh, so we include uh, information about uh, topography. And then we show, you know, what, what is an acceptable way to use our logo uh, and size and, and space around it. We also include information about how not to use it, you know, that you don't expand it or get the, the ratios out of proportion. Um, so we include ways to say, hey, you know, if you're going to use our brand assets, here are the guidelines, here's ways that you need to, to stay away from, from that. We'll also include um, imagery and, and particular styles of photographs that we may use in our, uh, in our design pieces. And so it just helps, you know, keep us on point in, in the office uh, as an institution. And anytime that we're passing off the rights for someone else to use our, our brand marks, we will include our, our brand guys just so that folks will know this is how you use it. This is what's acceptable and this is what, what is not. So those, those are the main components. There's some other issues that are uh, some other assets that we will include in that, you know, as far as like stationary, here's what our letterhead's gonna look like, business cards are gonna look like. But for the most part, it's your logo, how to use it, how not to use it, uh, colors, topography, that's gonna be kind of your top level items that you would want to include in a, in a brand, brand guideline. That's great, that's really practical tips for uh, any organization yep. to be, to be, to be mm -hmm. thinking through. And, and, and then, how, I mean, you're working with a college and a seminary that Sometimes professors can be pretty independently minded and they might be out in, in the public, maybe showing up PowerPoint slides or the PowerPoint slides they do for their students or brochures they might be creating. How do you, I'll use a term that feels a little bit heavy handed, but how do you enforce um, or, or encourage folks to, uh, uh, to, to, to use the brand guide? And what do you do if, they, if, if they're not using it? How do you approach those kinds of settings? That's a great question, and it takes time um, to to kind of educate, if you will, uh, in our case, our campus professors, the different departments that are on campus. But it you have to start somewhere, and so you start with, hey, this is, you know, th these are our resources. These are the guidelines. Here's how you use them, and when when acceptable, you can you can use them, and um, mm -hmm. and so you kind of make those things available and then um and this over time one people will learn and understand that that for the most part they will submit project requests to our office and so we we pretty much take care of most uh most of those design items that they would that they would need uh we have created um powerpoint templates templates that mm -hmm. professors uh, can use um and so there's some things that, that, that we can do, but over time, people just un understand it and, and appreciate what it, what it means to, um, to achieve brand consistency, even as a you know, professor. So they'll use templates that, that we have made available. And that's an area that we're kind of expanding and, and kind of stepping into a little bit more. We haven't been as adamant in the classroom you know, that they use our PowerPoint slides. Mm -hmm. uh, but if they're out 
um, particularly on maybe a recruiting event, you know, they're taking um, resources that we have produced that uh, we produce for our admissions office, and and they basically have have given them the brochures that they need. Um, so hopefully we've kind of built that uh, that environment that when when people need something they can come to our office and then we can produce things that are that are consistent. Um, we are more and more what we call turning our brand keys over to more and more departments so that hmm. so that we can educate and um, equip and encourage other folks on the campus to be able to one understand and appreciate. Our, our brand and who we are and that it does need to be consistent. And we know that in those, even when we turn the brand keys over, there are going to be times where, you know, something's off. You know, that's definitely not how you need to use that, you know, that font or that image. And so in those instances, and usually on the front end, we make it pretty clear that, hey, we want you to utilize these resources. That's why we make them available. Here are the guidelines. Uh, but just know that if we see something that that's off, that is that what we would say is off brand or inconsistent with what we're trying to achieve, then we will address that. And it is hopefully it is done with uh, what I would call gracious accountability mm -hmm. uh, that, that we would say, hey, we're, we're off there. We appreciate you uh, stepping in and kind of extending being a brand ambassador. And we, we want to equip you and, and train you even more. Um, so if you if you miss the mark, it, it's not the end of the world, but it does make an impact. And so I think that it's worth you know saying something and mentioning something. But we don't want to keep people from extending our our brand. So we want to do a good job of training, equipping, and providing the resources that uh, that are needed. Yeah, I think a big part of that is if you're providing templates, if you're providing things that they can, it really makes their job easier because they don't have to recreate the wheel. And mm -hmm. uh, um, uh, okay, so I want you to picture a train that's got an engine, a middle car, and a caboose. Okay. Uh, now, is if you as a as a communications professional, which uh, which label would you put to these the, the, those three cars on a train? If you think about graphic design, brand management, and marketing, where would you put each one of those on that train? That's a great question. <clears throat> okay, so the engine, the middle car, and the caboose. That's right. Graphic design, brand management, and marketing. That's a great question. I would, um, I would say that the Graphic design would probably be the, I'd have to say probably the middle, the middle car or the engine. So brand and graphic design. Um, wow, this, this is, it's a, it's a challenging question because, you know, marketing, um, yeah, that's marketing is what's coming out of the megaphone or what's coming, you know, what what you're I guess you're delivering in your uh, in your train. So if there's something that's inside the middle car, I guess that's the, you know, the marketing uh, mm -hmm. and the, the brand to me would be the whole train itself. And and maybe the the graphic design is more of the I guess the fuel, the engine inside the front front of the train. So I'm kind of okay. adjusting your your illustration there. Um, 
that's a that's a challenging question in those those three things in those cars. But I don't know how much sense that 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 made or if any at all. And I would probably rethink it. But that's that's my answer at least for right now. That's 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 really helpful to get a person's mindset on that because um, I've worked with organizations where there's a real tension sometimes between marketing and design and 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 brand and, and different things and and having a clear picture of how they work together. And I think they could actually work differently in different organizations, as long as there's a common agreement about uh, who, what is leading, uh, what is leading. And uh, um, so, so yeah, I, I, I like your, I like how you've taken that and, and, and just turned that a little bit and made the whole, the whole train is the brand. And uh, the marketing is, is the things that are, that are, that are, uh, uh, producing, being produced out of that. So yeah, I like I like that analogy. That's good. So yeah. so let's think about specifically about the, your digital side because if I'm not mistaken, you oversee your digital the digital efforts for the for the uh, college and seminary as well. Is that is that right? Yes, that's correct. So so on the digital side, how how do you measure success for your digital efforts? <clears throat> Excuse me. Currently, our uh, our digital presence in the form of of our web properties, which we have, uh, I think, up to ten websites that we kind of uh, oversee, and then I would also include our social media presence uh, as a form of uh, you know our, the the digital digital arm. And so both of those, uh, we do keep keep metrics. So on on our websites, we look at uh, we look at traffic, uh, the time someone spends on a particular page. So we're kind of paying attention paying attention to those things. U- unique visitors or unique page page visits, we, we pay attention uh, to that. And time on page bounce rate, we want to see. And sometimes we create pages that are intentional. We want them to come to this page and fill out a form. They may not necessarily go anywhere else. So so we understand that bounce rates. Uh, on those pages may be a little little high, but for the most part, on every uh, other page of our website, particularly our main uh, website, mbts.edu, you know we do pay attention to to bounce rate, making making sure that people are just not coming in and, and leaving, that they're kind of spending some time there. <clears throat> and then from a social media standpoint, we we really want to um, to see high amounts of you know engagement, so we're looking at those at those metrics. And the reach that we have with the messages that we're getting out there, so we pay attention to those to those metrics from an engagement standpoint uh, and and a reach standpoint. And uh, so that's those are things that we track and we and we look at uh, among some other things, but those are the the main items that we look at. So that's that's really good because that's kind of like the how you're measuring effectiveness for your digital tactics. What about the end game? Like if you say our, uh, you know, this campaign was effective if it did what? What are you usually like, what's what's the end game for, for a lot of your digital efforts? So ultimately our end game is an enrolled students. Okay. Uh, so that's 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 what, what we're trying to get. So we, um, we have a marketing, uh, an admissions funnel, excuse me, an admissions funnel that that we're a part of, and we kind of partner with with admissions. And my office, in particular, like we're responsible for the 
top level of the, the funnel. So what we call inquiries. So we want to get as many qualified leads, prospective students in the top of the funnel as possible. And so we've found levers that we can pull and we can, you know, we can fill the top of the funnel with um, inquiries and we're continuing to grow and, and leads that, that we're generating. But ultimately we may be very successful in filling the top of the funnel, but if they're not matriculating down into applying uh, to being admitted and becoming uh, enrolled students, then those efforts up at the top of the funnel are, uh, you know, are not uh, are not as effective as they as they need to be. So we kind of have we're looking at, at two things. Um, we're responsible for filling top of the funnel, so we want to make sure that we um, our advertising is effective and we're we're getting leads. Uh, we we have some uh, systems in place that kind of help us. Um, kind of manually qualify some of those leads just to make sure that uh, that we don't get too far out of bounds with you know just filling the top of the funnel with with whomever we want them to be qualified but if they're not applying and if they're not being admitted if those areas of the funnel are not increasing as well uh, then we have to take a step back and look okay what what are the messages that we're sending out are they not hitting um, what do we need to tweak? Is it some, some visual aspect that we need to change? Uh, but we want to make sure that people are, are applying and then ultimately when they're sitting in a classroom. Um, uh, that's kind of the two things that we look at. We want to get them at the top of the funnel, but if they're not becoming students, then, um, then we're not being as effective as, as we need to be. So, so as you oversee the offline and the online, how have you structured your team for most effectiveness? <clears throat> because we're kind of a full uh, kind of in-house communication shop, we cover the, the, the full gamut uh, of, of, you know, things from graphic design to videography, photography, writing, editing, all those sorts of things. Uh, it's, it's you know important to kind of build a, a well balanced team. So there, there are skill sets that I can bring to the table. So which which happens to be like design, I can do a little bit of web development. I'm not a, a writer um, at all, uh, and so I understand my my weaknesses as a leader. And so it's important that we kind of fill fill the uh, the other seats with people who are who are competent, capable to kind of run with. And, and one of the things that, that's important, you know, to me is to, to fill people in, in those seats that can kind of be who they are, use their strengths, and then let me make sure that I'm uh, kind of guiding everyone moving in, in the same, same direction. And so as far as uh, effectiveness and being, you know, successful, I think for me, it's understanding the institutional priorities and in the direction that you know we're going, and the things that we're trying to accomplish uh, this month, or this quarter, or this year, and and then aligning um, the projects that we have coming in with the priorities that that we know that we're that we're focusing on, and and then assigning you know tasks as as necessary to the different folks that are on the team, and then keeping them equipped and encouraged 
and moving it in the in the same in the same direction. Uh, I think that's the the role that I play, and in building you know the team. And we're growing. The team is growing, which is great. The institution is growing, and 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 so the, the team is growing as well. And so we're getting some highly skilled, highly qualified you know people, and it really is just giving them the tools that they need and the space for them to to run and play, and then just making sure that that they. St- that they're moving in the right direction uh, and then keeping them encouraged and equipped and in, in the creative field, you know, keeping them, you know, inspired. Um, that's, that's always important to do as well. What are some of the ways that you do that with your team as far as helping them stay inspired and, and mm-hmm. uh, excited to do their job with excellence? So one one small way is um, so we um, as a division and then my office, we use the tool Slack for our inner uh, office communications. And so we have a channel that is called Inspiration. And so I just encourage them to use that channel as often as possible. When you see something, take a picture of it, put it on the Inspiration channel and just explain kind of what, why was that inspiring to you? Hmm. So that's one very, very small way. That's just kind of a, a daily, mm-hmm. it's just an avenue for people to be like, Hey, I saw that. That was, that was very creative. I love that. Whether it was a video or a design or whatever, and we post it on the inspiration channel and then we can kind of, you know, bounce back and forth and talk about it. And so that's very helpful. Um, okay. And so I'm just trying to instill this, wherever you are, be looking for inspiration and then bring that back and let's talk about it. And so that's one small way. Um, well, I'm beginning to, to implement on a quarterly basis, what I call a creative work day. So where we go off site and I want to accomplish two things. I want to be productive and I want to spend a day. If there's, you know, a, a large marketing campaign that we're trying to, to produce, that we can kind of come together as a team offsite and we can work together on one specific thing, kind of, we don't have the distractions of the office and we can do that on those days. um, I want to also have the opportunity to go, you know, visit a museum or do, do something like that. It just kind of gets Mm -hmm. us out of the norm and we're able to experience or be a part of, um, you know, some, some level of, of artistic, um, um, you know, experience uh, visually or, or whatnot. So, so we've had um, our first creative work day uh, last week. It was more of a, a work day, um, but some of the upcoming ones, I want to do some more things that kind of inspire, uh, inspire us visually and artistically. That's awesome. I don't think I've heard of, uh, of that kind of a concept for your, you're going offsite, you're mixing both, you're making sure you're getting stuff done. So it's mm-hmm. a worthwhile, but it's also worthwhile to exposing to, uh, um, to, to other, other thinking as a team. And that's a, that's a great team building idea. Yep. Yeah. 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 So if, if you're listening to this and you are leading a creative team, that's one way, uh, that's just a real practical tip. In fact, your idea on the inspiration channel, we use Slack as well. And we've got all kinds of a gazillion channels. And I don't think we have an inspiration channel. And I think uh, that might be one we, we might even be, be looking at adding to our, uh, to our repertoire as well. Those are. Yeah. Real yeah it's one of my ideas. favorites. Yeah. Just one of my favorites just to go back to and just kind of look just for, you know, inspiration and really just to be able to see what, what the team, what they're noticing, what, what, yeah. you know, jumps out at them. And yeah, it's, it's fun and very, and very helpful. 
That's good. And love what you said. Inspiration can hit you no matter where you're at. And, and so being able to have a mechanism just to capture that and to share with others and dialogue around it. That's, yeah. that's, that's really practical. That's really good. Yes. How, how do you and your team, how do you test new ideas and to be able to say, yes, this is an idea we want to go with bigger, but how, how do you, how do you test new ideas that you have? That's a great question. Um, we, we do generate a, a lot of ideas. Um, and a lot of times we, uh, at least in, in the recent past, most of the things that we've kind of thought up, we've kind of, you know, went, went in that direction and kind of implemented. And so it's hard to, um, it's hard to, you know, speak to something that we, you know, kind of played around with and just, you know, discerned or decided that, that it wasn't, um, uh, you know, was, wasn't a, an idea that we wanted to pursue or wasn't a great idea. For the most part, we'll sit around. And one of the things that I want to to do, you know, as a team is to make sure that there, there are no bad ideas. Obviously, there are, but you want to bring everything to the table. And sometimes the best thing you can do is get the most obvious things out of the way. And sometimes it is truly getting them out of the way. What I've discovered, too, is sometimes you you actually come back to some of the, the most obvious in, in the originals. And so you have to, you can't throw anything away, but it's okay to move them out of the way. Uh, and then you just generate, generate ideas and then begin to just as a team uh, begin to think through what it would look like to implement that idea, what, whatever it is, we, we, you know, we don't build anything. So we're not spending the time on, on, on building those things, but we would, you know, think through, and if we said this or we tried to do this, implement this idea, what, what are the implications, good, good and bad? And so we try to spend time just thinking through strategically what, what it would do. What are the benefits? What are the downfalls? What are the costs for those things? And, and sometimes we're like, OK, that's probably not the best thing. So we'll, we'll move it to the side. There are some things that we, we talked about that, hey, it's going to be an investment. This is a great idea. Uh, it's going to it's going to cost a lot, but it's worth it. And and so we you know, we talk about that. And then once we discover like this is the idea that we want to run with, um, you know, obviously it, it it's going to be within the parameters and the priorities of, of the institution. There's going to be a level of of approvals and review from from folks that are above me. So we're not running you know, with something that's just on our own. Uh, but once we know that this is an idea that's been approved and we're good, then we will just begin to plot out what, what's needed to make this idea happen, what, whatever that is. So we'll toss around a lot of ideas. We'll see what sticks and what's worth you know, pursuing. We'll weigh the investment, uh, the time that it's gonna take, things that we would need to build, you know, build out. And then if it's, you know, if it's worth the investment and we think that it's a, a solid idea to meet objectives or priorities, and then we'll pursue it full on. And the, the bar of quality and excellence is high. And so we, I think we do everything kind of at that top bar, bar quality. And so, uh, and there, you know, we may come back to an idea that we've tabled or pushed to the side. We may come back to it and bring it back up and refine it. Um, but it really is kind of a fluid, hey, let's get, let's get ideas out on the table and let's see what sticks. If there's something that we like, let's kind of walk through it 
and, and just kind of think through the implications, both good, bad, um, and whatnot. And that kind of helps us to know what, what we're able to do. And then we run it up the chain, you know, to get, uh, to get feedback. And sometimes that helps kind of say, okay, no, that's not a great idea at all. We think it's awesome, but you know, everyone else doesn't. So that's kind of our, a, a loose process that, that, that we have. No, that's, that's, that's really helpful. That's good. Uh, you know, like what you said, I mean, at the end of the day, you're, you're a man under authority and those, some of those ideas, you have to run up the chain, like what, like you said, how, how do you work with helping upper management engage and get on board with, with some of the ideas that, that, that you're putting forth? One of the things that I appreciate about my particular context is that um, our president and the senior vice president that are over, over me, they actually um, get and understand marketing and communications and visuals and branding. Um, they, they get it. And so a lot of ideas actually kind of come from up top hmm. down. Um, and so, which is, which is great. And one, because, you know, I mean, and, and they're good ideas. And so that, that's super helpful. And then even if we have something that we bring to the table that, you know, we, we do our, our, our work to build a strong and solid proposal that, that, uh, that is clear and kind of covers all, um, all the different areas. And, and then we, we present it, like I would present it to, uh, to, to my, senior VP who is over me and and then we would discuss it more than likely he would have um, ideas that would expand or sharpen it or make it make it better that's just who he is what he brings to the table and which makes it so much easier because we know that we have people who are kind of bent that way who kind of think mm -hmm. innovatively and kind of outside the box and so when you bring kind of crazy ideas they're probably already thinking that and so that helps not every context is, is like that. Um, but I'm grateful that I kind of live, you know, with, within that. And so bringing, um, new ideas and innovative ideas, um, can, are, are fun and they're, they're rarely met with, you know, what are you thinking that no way yeah. we may not do yeah. it, but it's, it's not like, Oh, that's, I like the way you're thinking, you know, that that's a great idea. Let's, you know, maybe table that or, or whatever. So that's get that that's helpful when you have people above you that are already kind of thinking outside the box growth moving forward and then on on our end it it is all about crafting just a proposal that like here's the benefits here's you know how you would benefit as a senior vp or how you would benefit as as the president and uh, and just try to you know just make it very clear what we're trying to accomplish and how it aligns with the uh, the organizational objectives and then, and then we go, go from there. Uh, that's, that's super helpful. I think sometimes as creatives, we can have some great ideas and we go, but we haven't fully vetted them. We haven't fully thought through them. And so we think it's a great idea and we maybe go to our boss or whomever and, uh, um, you know, hopefully they are engaging with you to, to be able to help, help you refine it and help you make the case for it. And then as you, as you grow in that position, just learning to, to, to make the case so that you can come with a full case that you can show you've, you haven't just thought of a great idea. You've also thought through the implications, the costs, the, 
the impact to the organization and how it aligns. So yeah, that's, that's, that's really helpful. I know our, our users or our listeners will, will find, will find that helpful. Dave, what is, what's one, a book, a blog, a resource, or maybe something from your inspiration channel, but something that you can, that you've read or listened to recently that you can recommend to our audience. Mm-hmm. So there's, um, there's a couple of, couple of books, one that I've kind of read on my own. And there's another book that uh, reading with uh, the leadership team that I'm a part of in, in my division mm-hmm. uh, at Midwestern, which, which has admissions, uh, communications, um, and, and a few other office, student life and events, church partnerships and, and whatever. So we, as a division, uh, the leadership team in that we we're reading um, a book together a month. And so there's one book that has just been super practical for me. Uh, but uh, the other book is the uh, the Vision Driven Leader by Michael Hyatt. Uh, has been super helpful. Um, just me and kind of the, the season and stage I am in, in life. I'm doing less and less um, uh, like design work, if you will, that's, I'm, I'm more leading and, and that's a little bit of a, of a shift from, from, um, from player to coach player to coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm, I'm just trying to, to kind of shore up, uh, that aspect, um, mm-hmm. of what, what kind of vision do I have for, for my, for my team? And so that's been a super mm-hmm. helpful book for me. And then another actual Mike, Michael Hyatt book that, that we read, as a leadership team that was super practical. Uh, it's called no, no fail communication. Hmm. And so uh, just how you communicate uh, internally as an institution and as an organization. So not necessarily marketing communication, but just internal communication. Hmm. And wow, it was so practically helpful. So those are two books that I've read uh, recently that have been, uh, have been super helpful. That's fantastic. I think uh, I've read a lot of Michael Hyatt's stuff over the years and been a follower on his blog, and but I haven't read read either of those. So I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to to checking both of those out. Dave, thanks so much for joining us today. This has been really really helpful to get a a creative side um, approach to not just technology but design and branding and just some really really just practical tips. For any ministry to, to, to be thinking through and implementing. If a person wants to get a hold of you or um, interact with you directly, how's, how's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, the, the best way would just be, you know, send me an email. My work email is uh, dwright, D-W-R-I-G-H-T at M-B-T-S dot E-D-U. Uh, that's the best way to get, get in touch with me. I would love to hear from anybody to, uh, to kind of continue this conversation um, you know, to get ideas or if, if I can be of, of more help, uh, I would love that. So I'd love to hear from, from any of your listeners. So feel free to, to reach out anytime. Awesome. And, and Dave, your email address and link to any of the other resources you mentioned, we'll include those in the show notes. So folks can go there and, and go, go there, go there directly. Great. Again, Dave, thanks so much for joining us and we wish the best as you continue to lead the uh, communications and, and, and branding team at Midwestern and, and even teaching classes. I think I heard that you're, you're actually teaching some classes down there as well. Right. Right. Yeah. It's uh, it, it's fun. And that, that's an exciting aspect too, of, of the college. They've, they've just added a, a bachelor of arts in communications and um, 
there's a visual communications course that's a part of that. Actually, there's two visual communications, one and advanced visual communications. Okay. So I teach one in the fall and one in the spring. And so that, that's uh, that's that's exciting. But, Chad, I, I appreciate, again, the invitation. It's been uh, been uh, fun being a part of the conversation with you. Hopefully it's been been helpful for for your listeners. And it's always fun for me to talk about about this stuff. And uh, so I appreciate the uh, the opportunity to come be a part of your uh, your podcast here.